Well, maybe like many of you, I have largely been at a loss of words this past week. I didn't see any of the news of Ahmaud Arbery's murder until last Wednesday when it came up in one of my social feeds. And I was horrified. Horrified by what I saw. Horrified that what I was seeing was over two months old. Horrified that the murderers hadn't even been investigated, let alone arrested. Horrified at the fear that people I love must feel when they see this. Horrified at the fear that people I love must feel in situations where I don't even think to fear, because I have no reason to. But they clearly do. I'm horrified to live in a world where things like this ever happened. And it's disheartening and demoralizing to live in one where it's still happening. Now, there's a lot we don't know about what happened that day in Georgia, but even in theory, there is very, very little that could ever justify what that video captured. Nothing that would justify the murder of an unarmed Ahmad. And absolutely nothing that justifies the lack of justice that his family has endured for over two months and continues to endure until those responsible are held to account. And so I want to be clear on a few things. First, the people of God are not bound by race or skin color or any other classification or categorization that we come up with to divide ourselves. In our most complete form, the people of God are represented by every tribe and every nation. And so let me say to all the people of color in our community, we love you. We are so thankful for you. And our community is better with you. Secondly, there is absolutely no room for racism of any kind in the life of someone that claims to follow the way of Jesus. It's our responsibility, along with the help of the Spirit, to root out and repent of all traces of blatant and latent racism in our hearts, and to call it out and fight against it when we see it in our culture. It's one thing to stand against blatant and obvious acts of racism and hate, though that's certainly important. It's another thing entirely to see the more subtle and latent and systematic racism in our culture at large, and then also act to do something about it. But we are called to both. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives one of his most famous commands of all time. I'm sure you've heard it uh, before in some form. In Matthew 7, verse 12, Jesus says, In everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Put another way, here is a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you would want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and prophets and this is what you get. Jesus basically sums up the entire Old Testament, almost 2,000 years of history and tradition and identity and spiritual understanding into one sentence. Do to others what you want them to do for you. The golden rule. We learned it all as kids, right? And like many things that you learn as a child, to some degree, we become inoculated to just how profound and revolutionary this is and how earth shattering it would be if even a minority of us actually lived this way. Racism cannot coexist in hearts that are doing for others what they would want done for them. And like last week, I think the simplicity and directness of this command helps us cut through all the abstractions, 
all the politics, all the tweets and online comments, all the misinformation, all the complications that would normally paralyze us when attempting to tackle something huge and systemic like racism. Jesus' words cut through all of that and allow us to actually respond and act, and maybe even be a part of tangibly reducing suffering and increasing joy. So I spent some time thinking about this. If what happened to Ahmaud Arbery happened to me, what would I want people to do? To be clear, I'm not saying I speak for Ahmad here. I'm simply applying Jesus's words and speaking for how I would want to be treated. And here's what I've come up with. I would want people to not ignore it. I would want people to speak out. I would want justice. But ultimately, I would want people to take care of my family. I would want the people of God to rally around my family and my friends. And I would want peace and healing for my family and friends. That's what I would want for me. So, with the remainder of our time, we're going to put some of this into action and actually do for Ahmad and his family what we would want done for us. Or at least what I would want done for me. I assume that everyone's on board with what I'm saying. We're going to together lament the murder of Ahmad. We're going to pray for his friends and his family. We're going to pray for justice. We're going to pray for the people in charge of making sure that that justice is realized. We're going to pray against hatred and racism in ourselves, in our culture, and in our country. Before we do that, a word about lament. Lament is a form or genre of prayer in which we mourn the brokenness, the evil, the darkness. We mourn the world not being as it should be. We acknowledge and grieve this before God. We repent of our hand in it and we implore God to act. So what we'll be praying together is a a compilation of some prayers I found from other communities online, a prayer that our sister church, the Sacred Grace Inglewood put together, and a prayer I wrote. This will be a sort of meditation and communal prayer. So there'll be parts of it that we pray together which are under the heading all on the liturgy webpage if you want to follow along there. So let's start by quieting our hearts and minds. Get comfortable where you are. I like to always tell people if you're clenching your fists or your jaw, if you're tensing your shoulders or pushing your tongue into the roof of your mouth, relax all of those. Take a deep breath in and out. We'll spend about 15 seconds in silence, and then I'll lead us in this prayer. Will you pray with me? God, we come before you in pain and immense sorrow. We cry out, echoing the psalm, asking, How long, Lord? Will you forget us forever? How long will you hide your face from us? How long must we wrestle with our thoughts and day after day have sorrow in our hearts? How long will our enemy triumph over us? We are outraged by racial violence and overwhelmed by how frequently it is expressed in our country. 
God, many of us are haunted by what can feel like your silence amid unspeakable tragedy. We beg you to console our brokenhearted sisters and brothers, drawing them near to you. May you restore their souls by making your presence felt and love concretely known. God of grace, you have always called your people to weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. We join our voices together in lament and confession for all that has been done and all that remains undone. The effects of sin and brokenness are deep and wide. Racism, sexism, abuse, economic disparity, pandemic, violence, slavery, and oppression of every kind. Take a minute to contemplate. How have you recently observed the world or yourself to be incomplete, lacking, or broken? Take another moment to reflect on the senseless and hateful death of Ahmad and others like him who have fallen victim to racism and bigotry. God, may your grace and love heal with greater depth and width than any evil thing created or allowed by us. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you, our neighbors, friends, family, and strangers by what we have done and by what we have left undone. Take a minute to think about in what ways, internal or external, have you participated in racism, bigotry, prejudice, or injustice?
God, may your grace and love fill us and make us whole in spite of our propensity towards disobedience. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Jesus, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. We are weary, we are broken, we are sinful. We repent of the blatant and latent racism in our hearts and in our culture. Help us to have eyes to see and ears to hear and hands to act to bring your light into this darkness. Will you stand in our place? Will you hold us up? Reconcile us with you, with our neighbor, and with ourselves, we pray. We lament the murder of 25-year-old Ahmad Arbery in Georgia. While law enforcement failed to make any arrests for over two months for this atrocious act of hate, we pray for strength, courage, and resilience for the family, friends, and those who seek justice. We ask for justice, for grace, and for mercy as we continue to heal from the deep wounds of hatred and bigotry. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. We pray for all those responsible for bringing justice to this situation. The judges, jurors, lawyers, investigators, and police. Many of whom may not have had any knowledge or hand in covering up this heinous crime, but now carry the weight of others' corruption. May they know the weight of their responsibility and the levity of your grace. We pray for Ahmad's family and friends. We ask you to overwhelm them with a sense of comfort, with peace, and with your love and the love of all your saints around the world. May they know your love and grace. Strip from us our complacency and apathy, which prevent us from joining you in establishing your kingdom and will on earth as it is in heaven. Hear us, O Lord. And now we pray the prayer that Jesus taught those he called brothers, sisters, and friends. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>